Anybody that knows me knows that the central core ethic of my ministry is to help you grow into the image of Christ. That is the central paramount purpose of the Christian life, is to be conformed into the image of God's Son. Now, why do I say that? It's because that is God's paramount purpose. Did you know that? God's paramount purpose in your life is that you are conformed into the image of his Son. In Romans eight twenty-eight through 30, he says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Because those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son. That's the end goal of predestination. It isn't just to get you to heaven, though heaven you will get. It isn't just to keep you out of hell, though out of hell you will be kept. But it is to conform you to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And in those whom he justified, he also glorified. That is the best news anyone could ever hear. Talk about a God whose kindness meets us at our greatest need. And our greatest need is not only to be reconciled to him, to have our sins forgiven, but to have our humanity, uh, the entirety of our humanity, redeemed and then conformed into the image of the perfect man, the, the absolute human of being, the, the, the second Adam, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the living Son of God, the eternal Son of God made flesh, and that he is the model for humanity. He is the standard for humanity by which God will judge the world. And so God in his great mercy has chosen you, if you are in Christ, to be conformed into the image of his Son. It is the purpose, uh, the end purpose, and the end, uh, the outcome, excuse me, of the new covenant, in fact. Second Corinthians <clears throat> chapter 3, Paul refers to himself as a minister and his associates as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And so, and then later on in that same chapter, he talks about the fact that now the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, listen closely now, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. So it is the paramount purpose of God. It is the outcome of being under the new covenant. And it is <clears throat> Paul's purpose uh, as a, an apostle to bring that about. He says in Galatians 4.19, My children, with whom I am again in labor, until Christ is formed in you. Let me read that again. My children with whom I am again in labor until Christ is formed in you. But I could wish to be present with you now and to change my tone because I am perplexed about you. 
he was perplexed about them because they were uh, beginning to move away from the basis that God had prescribed in the gospel for them to come into union with Christ, and that is uh, by grace, through faith, through the hearing of the gospel and the um, re- washing and regenerating duration of the Spirit. They had been converted. They had been um, regenerated. They were had having experiences internally and among themselves by the Spirit. Miracles were being performed within their uh, midst and within their community. And these men came up from Jerusalem and began to say, yeah, that's all fine and good, <clears throat> but you need to be circumcised. You need to live uh, according to the law because in the law is where you're, you're going to find your real righteousness. And they're diverting these people away from Christ. They, these uh, men that we have come to call the Judaizers had come up, the Jewish Christians, with all good intentions. These were not... Uh, men who were fire-breathing, uh, uh, green-eyed monsters. They were people with good intentions, but they were, it was, it was a, a false gospel they were teaching. And Paul cursed it twice in Galatians 1. And why did he curse it? Why was Paul so intent on cursing these false teachers? It was because they was drawing them away from Christ. For instance, in Galatians 5.2, Behold, I, Paul, say to you, If you receive circumcision, that is, in the flesh, Christ will be of no benefit to you. And I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he's under obligation to keep the whole law. You've been severed from Christ. Think of that. There is a forms, and there are forms in the plural, of false teachings that the outcome of which is for you to be severed from Christ. Not only will these teachings inhibit you from being conformed into the image of Christ by de-emphasizing it and distracting you to put your focus somewhere else, they will sever you from Christ. Another translation would be, you have been estranged from Christ. You who are being justified by law, you have fallen from grace. It's sobering, isn't it, to realize that to in order to be conformed to the image of Christ, we have to be living in the Spirit, and we have to be living in the Spirit and, and obeying the gospel, not this or that or some other form of teaching that will not lead us in there that direction. And quite on the contrary, it will sever us from Christ. So every form of teaching, of which there are so many false doctrines today, there's so much false teaching, it's the whole purpose of the angel of light, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11, is to teach a false uh, Jesus, another Jesus, another gospel with another spirit. And the ultimate outcome of that is your destruction, to sever you from Christ. Now, not every false teacher is even conscious of what he or she is doing, but it's the, the, the enemy is using them nonetheless. So, <clears throat> we have to ask ourselves, the question that has to go out to the Christian community today, worldwide, is are you being conformed into the image of Christ in thought, word, and deed? Is your character showing signs of progress and ever-growing conformity to Christ?
Or are you following some doctrinal position that that is not God's purpose, that somehow God's purpose is ethnic Israel, or somehow God's purpose is that you obey the moral law, or God's purpose is this, that, or some other thing? God's purpose is that you adore the Eucharist. Uh, There's just no end to the number of, of doctrines that can be a distraction to you in God's purpose of conforming you to the image of his son. So these are things that are very um, dear to my heart. And, and if I'm passionate, if I feel some, if you hear me sounding fairly passionate and have a little uh, intensity in my voice on this, on this issue of false teachers and false teaching, is because it's not benign. It's not about um, agreeing to disagree with somebody. It's not, it's not just a, a polite difference between equal and um, differing uh, teachings. We're talking about the difference between the, that form of doctrine that Paul speaks of in Romans 6, 15, 16, and 17, that form of doctrine that frees you from sin and makes you a slave to righteousness by conforming your character, your mind, soul, and body into the image of Christ. <clears throat> or you're following some form of Christian teaching, quote, end quote, because there's nothing Christian about it at all, but they call it Christian, that is actually diverting you from Christ, that is actually severing you, estranging you, and causing you in the outcome to have been fallen from grace. So now I want to talk to you real quickly here that there is another obstacle to your spiritual growth as measured uh, by your being conformed into the image of Christ. And that is issues of addiction, active addiction, active codependence, and unresolved uh, developmental trauma. This is very real. These are conditions that are you not unique to any one segment of humanity. Um, addiction, codependence, and trauma are issues to a fallen humanity. They affect believer and unbeliever. And just because someone um, <clears throat> comes to Christ and goes through the waters of baptism and enters a church doesn't mean that their experience of growing up in a fallen world with imperfect parents and therefore imperfect nurture and affirmation and guidance as children is suddenly that there's some switch that's flipped and that they're just okay now. All the issues of perhaps either... Um, moderate, mild, or even severe trauma have just resolved automatically, as if the, the waters of baptism were some kind of magical thing that happened. <clears throat> no, not at all. The, the work only begins. The work only begins when we, when we come up out of the waters of baptism, we, we begin to, to walk in newness of life. <clears throat> and the newness of life, excuse me, <clears throat> the newness of life has to do also with overcoming that which would inhibit that newness of life. So if, if keep coming back to this um, uh, platform, I'm going to continue to talk about issues of, of um, trauma, codependence, and addiction from time to time. This is part of what Encounter Recovery Ministries is about. It's about helping you identify and overcome obstacles to your growth into the image of Christ. I want that for you. 
I can testify that there's no greater joy in my life than to be able to experience personally and have other people even notice some progress in my life, in my character, in my speech, in my thinking, in my worldview, that is um, clearly of Christ. It's not something I just manufactured. Uh, it's not something I just bucked up and started uh, doing behavior modification. No, it's something that's clearly produced by the Spirit in my life whose purpose is to make me like Jesus. And I want that for you. So the two things that are obstacles that I've pointed out to you today in this brief exhortation are false teaching, false teaching that will sever you from Christ rather than conform you to Christ, and issues of developmental trauma, uh, and which produces a chronic immaturity in your life <clears throat> that is we understand as codependence. And that chronic immaturity creates a lot of pain in your life, especially in your inability to form meaningful, healthy intimacy in adult relationships, friendships, and even in your marriage and your, with your children. And so th that creates enough pain that you often get caught up in various forms of addiction. So the, the purpose for uh, here is to identify false teachers, understand where they're coming from, and reject them. Don't support them don't support these yahoos on the christian television station that are pointing you towards israel that are asking you to give uh, huge sums of money so they can quote unquote support israel or support their local shtick or there's some or that god will bless you if you bless this ministry and all that you know you know the road you know the routine Stop supporting these false teachers. Stop listening to them. I know it's difficult because the proliferation of them is so great. I mean, it's hard to not hear them because their voices are everywhere today. Um, it's, it's just incredible. I just saw a big ad that came up. I live in the Seattle area. A big ad came up for a church in, the, in this area that they're having this big, fantastic Easter service this year, and at the end of the service, they're going to have Pastor Benny Hinn come in for a miracle healing service at the end. And it's a big advertising campaign to get people into their doors and, and witness these, this, this Pastor Benny Hinn doing his, his show. Because it's pure lies, unadulterated, unmitigated lies. And I can tell you this, you attend churches like that, you will be severed from Christ. They will distract you from Christ. They will lead you to a point where you are fallen from grace, and one day you will hear Jesus say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who work lawlessness. Contrast to that, of course, is a fine fellowship with people who will support you and whom you can support in, in a mutual purpose of growing in the image of Christ. That might mean you just get down to two, three, four, six people in your life that you can trust and you can fellowship with, and you have a small group of Christians with whom you gather. I tell you, you're much better off in that situation than you are in some mega church where they're teaching error and heresy and doctrines that will sever you from Christ. So false teaching, you got to identify that and be done with it. And then secondly, if you have any lingering issues of unresolved trauma that have created um, serious patterns of immaturity in your life 
as is usually symptomatic of uh, of your not being able to form uh, adult healthy relationships and maintain friendships and even maintain peace in your marriage then and you're getting into their various forms of addiction those two have to be addressed and they are addressed but basically by identifying those wounds that have happened in your life and pray for healing get with a good counselor get with somebody who can walk you through that help you process process out that trauma and contain those immature parts of you that are uh, sabotaging your life. So, well, I'll, I'll stop there for now, but I just want to remind you that the purpose of the Christian life is to grow into the image of Christ. Sometimes during the day it gets a little confusing for me, or I, if I find myself kind of wandering through my day and my thoughts are wandering, and I have to bring myself back to the, to the core point. I have to bring myself back to the the central purpose, and that is to become like Jesus. That's my purpose, that's your purpose, and it's our purpose because it is God's paramount purpose in you. If you want to know what God's doing in your life, if somebody asks you, hey, brother or sister, what's God doing in your life? You can always respond with confidence. He's conforming me into the image of his Son. I'm not as much like Jesus as I uh, uh, will be tomorrow, but today I'm more former like him than I was yesterday. So however glacial that growth process is, you can be confident that it's happening. May the Lord bless you and strengthen you and keep you in his grace always. Amen.